Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. My name is Joe Marquez. Uh, currently, I'm the Director of Academic Innovation for Q and an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And now, always my partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson. Kyle, please introduce yourself. Good day, everybody. This is Kyle Anderson from Las Vegas, Nevada, where I am a special education teacher. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same thing with Instagram. And then you can take a look at my blog at www.andersonedtech.net and also my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. That's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and through my publisher, Edumatch Publishing. And since our last episode, a couple quick shares here, shameless plug here, uh, a couple cool things that came out. Um, I wrote an article for schoolrubric.org. I wrote an article for their Global Education Insights magazine on teacher burnout and retention. Uh, so I will be sticking a link in the show notes if you'd like to check that out. And then myself and a few others from the EdTech Army were all named to EdTech Magazine's top 30 of EdTech influencers to follow in 2022. So um, there will be a link in the show notes for that as well. So there's a lot of great people to go follow on there. I was pretty humbled to be on that list. So, um, but yeah, just a couple of quick things um, since our last episode. All right, awesome. Yeah, we were very stoked at that list. See a lot of great faces on there, great innovators on there, especially you, Kyle, well-deserved. And also joining us today, a, a, a Jesus Huerta. It's been a while since you've been on this show and I'm glad you've joined us for this topic on 3D printing today. So please introduce hey. yourself to the audience. I'm, I'm afraid to follow Kyle after our, everything he listed. Um, hi, I'm Jesus Orta. I'm a sixth grade teacher uh, in Calexico, California. Um, transitioning to be a technology coach, a little hiccup there, but at the beginning of the school year, I should be out of the classroom and then spreading all the love about technology in the classroom and how to innovate with all that good stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JesusH1979. Uh, everywhere else, uh, Mr. Huerta's class, Check out my TikToks. I've been doing a lot of stuff on there with uh, 3D printing and stuff. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And a, uh, a very uh, awesome contributor, Tyler Keefe. Tyler, please introduce yourself. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Tyler Keefe. I am the instructional coach up here in Nampa, Idaho at uh, Sherman Elementary. And I'm coming to you guys live from the swamp because all my stuff is uh, – set up here and you know it is kind of surreal to be sitting here with a, a couple of celebrities that are on the ed tech uh you know influencer whatever list you were mentioning there kyle because i know joe you've been on there and uh hey Seuss, you know you and i we need to make it on there next year yeah we have to we we, we have to get better beards going that's the secret <laughs> I'm, well, I'm working on mine well, thank you guys. I appreciate the the kind words. So, like I said, I was very humbled when I, when I found out I was on that list. So, yeah, you deserve now, it, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, and the beard is getting very long at this point. I've been uh, working on that for several months too. So, and he's hiding a couple other lists in that beard. So, just you know, <laughs> so what else falls out of there? So, now, Joe, you mentioned today's uh, topic is going to be three D printing, but unfortunately, I am not going to be able to participate from this point forward because. Uh, I have a son that is playing hockey and uh, 
hockey is this morning when we are recording this. So I actually have to dip out of this conversation at this point. But um, like the listeners, um, I'm anticipating to hear what's to, to be heard, but I'm going to have to do it after the fact. So um, so you guys are going to have a great conversation. Listeners, stick around for this one because I know it's going to be awesome. And like you, I'm going to be listening to it for the first time along with you. So this is where I bid everybody goodbye, good day. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Joe, and, and let this conversation fly. All righty. Thank you, Kyle. And have, have a great time watching your son play hockey. All right, everybody. So 3D printing, right? Uh, it, it, you know, it was the wave of the future. Uh, back in like 2014, 2015, we saw that 3D printing was possible and it was becoming somewhat affordable for the classroom. And we saw a lot of teachers getting into it and tinkering with it. Um, but things have come a long way since then. I mean, back then, there were only a couple players in the market besides some smaller uh, DIY uh, companies that were out there. Like, you know, one of the big companies that broke through during the early days of 3D printing was MakerBot, right? And and I do have a MakerBot sitting right back there. Uh, I love my MakerBot, but that that cost a pretty penny, right? That cost a pretty penny. Not something you could put in, in, in every single classroom or even a couple classrooms for the price that it was. Um, and then there was a more affordable one called XYZ, uh, which we always like to joke. The reason they're called XYZ is is hoping you choose them last, uh, because uh, <laughs> it, it, just, it, it's, it was it was cheap for a reason. And uh, now they're probably uh, they may be better now. I have no idea. But back in 2015, 2016, um, they used very particular uh, uh, PLA cartridges. Uh, they used very particular coding in there that you had to use their very particular um, uh, uh, application software. Um, it, it was almost like if um, a Hewlett Packard got into the printing game and you had to use their ink, right? And they spent uh, like a couple of weeks researching it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's not what 3D printing is about. 3D printing is about kind of cracking the egg open and being able to use it wherever you want, being able to make it accessible to all students, not make it pri pr proprietary. No, it's not what it's for. And since these early days, things have come a long way. So what we want to do today is kind of decode 3D printing for the audience. And this episode is for those who are looking to break in to 3D printing, looking for ideas on how to use their 3D printers they may already have on campus, um, looking for lessons to create, uh, uh, way, ways to get students involved in the creation process. And then also I wanna talk about some of the pitfalls, uh, some of the things that we've seen during the printing process, some of the issues and how we fixed them. Um, I, I do want to predicate this uh, episode with, uh, you know, Jesus, you said you were going into the, uh, the, the coaching game, the EdTech coaching game. I remember when I became an EdTech coach for the first time, I was getting calls all the time to come and to connect people's printers, right? Hey, can you come in and connect my, not, not 3D printers, regular yes. printers. Uh, <laughs> and so I ended up having to wear a shirt and say, I'll do anything except fix your printer, right? But, but now... I should, I should change that. I'll do anything except fix your printer in parentheses, unless it's a 3D printer, because yes. I think that's how you can really up your game on fixing 3D printers or figuring out little pitfalls is by working on as many as possible. And, and you may have a 3D printer in your classroom. You may have a STEM lab with kind of a, a row of 3D printers. And I want everybody to know as well, 
We are going to be doing Fall Q this year uh, up north in California in a place called Teacher College of San Joaquin. And they have this amazing, amazing um, uh, facility there called the Fab Lab. And in the Fab Lab, they just have rows and rows and rows of 3D printers for any student to come in, create, and use. And so I know we're going to be having some great 3D printing sessions at Fall Q. So I want you to know, like, oh, if I want, I want to see some of these things in action. Um, maybe not walk the vendor hall because you know they're just going to show us, you know, some cool things that maybe took five hours or three days to, to print. This will actually let you get your hands on and see what printing's about. But let's get started because again, there's so many things to do about, to, to learn about 3D printing. First off, selecting a 3D printer. Now, Jesus, you are a big time in the 3D printer game. I see all of your posts on TikTok and on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and all over the place. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, like your favorite brands, why you selected that brand um, and, 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 you know, kind of what to look for uh, when people are trying to pick a 3D printer for either a STEM lab or for a classroom. I guess the first question I would ask is how many students are going to be, you know, using it? Who, who's, who are you servicing? Like me, I have um, usually 33 students right now. I have 31 because I had a couple of students leave. But the way I do it is do the math, but using 3D printers. Because if you're going to print something you mentioned, like I'll hold this little thing up. Actually, I, have, I always have little things on my desk. It's a little Bulbasaur. This is probably like an hour and a half, two hours. It's medium quality. It's, it's not bad. Um, so let's say it took an hour. And let's say original size was a three-hour print. But you know what? I only have one printer. So I got 33 kids. But let's make it a nice round number 30. So if, if I'm able to run back and forth between the printer and myself, like running it for them, maybe I can get five printers. Maybe I'm not comfortable leaving it on overnight and so on. I can do about five, let's say five prints a day. You know, maybe I don't want to do it during lunch. That's my time and so on. So Tyler's in my class. He prints first Monday morning. He's not going to print till next week. And it's going to be something small every time. Now, if I have three printers, now I'm doing about 12 to 15 prints per day. Now he's printing Monday and Wednesday. With five printers, he's basically printing almost every day if he wants to. But by then I can get rid of the time constraints. Say, you know what? I got five printers, seven printers running. You know what? What size do you want it? Five hour print? Okay, well, everybody, you know, the time limit is five, but I'm going to ask you to wait every other day to print and so on. And the kids will be okay with it. But then you can actually do projects. So that's the first thing I would ask is how many kids, and now if you're, you're you know, a, a STEAM teacher and you know what, you, you're seeing like 150 kids a week, I would either break it down to where, okay, this grade level, is, it has access to these 3D printers that I have, or really invest in, you know, 20 printers, get a, a ton of them. And the other thing I would ask is what is your budget? Because, you know, you mentioned, you know, like those XYZ printers, um, they're, not the cheapest they're not the most expensive but what you get is it's not worth it but then there's other printers that are you know they have a lot of nice bells and whistles but they're just not reliable and i think that's what you want you want something that's reliable and can be a workhorse because you're not going to print it as a hobby you're going to use it as a tool to teach so you're going to want to run it consistent consistent and for me that's the creality brand they're just you know all metal. I have a couple back here. My biggest one is right here. It's actually that one, the, 
the S5, it's gigantic and prints beautifully and it's awesome. And um, it's what, $700. And I mean, I can print, you know, more than a foot tall, probably. It's huge, it's huge. Versus a, I mean, not to call them out, Dremels are about 1200, but they can print, you know, very small. They, they don't print very big and they have cool features like, okay, Wi-Fi printing and all that. But for me, I like these because then it also forces the kids to learn what file types are and how to convert file types and how to import file types and all that. And then one last thing I mentioned like, oh, well, you would have to run back and forth. What I do is I teach the kids to run the printers because I tell them, I'm busy, but I'm not, you know, I could do it faster than them for sure, but I want them to be self-reliant where it's okay. You know, that print's done. Don't make the person wait, let it cool off, go get it. Okay. Next person, there's the list. You go put your item, you know, I'm, you know, teaching this real quick, right. But go put it, just, you know, have your ear up and, um, or come back and get your work done as soon as possible because they actually want to do it. The first kid that learns it, Everybody gets jealous. They, they start hating on them. Hey, when are they going to show me? We'll ask, you know, Tyler. He knows how to do it. Now, I don't have to, I don't want to say waste my time, but really what I'm doing is passing that, you know, sense of accomplishment to Tyler and he's going to pass it to somebody else and it's just going to be a chain reaction. They're all going to learn from each other. So that's the biggest thing is what's your budget? How many students? And then really, are you comfortable building something? Because these are DIY, but a couple of them, like the, the giant one I showed you, it's just two pieces you stack on top, put some bolts, connect some wires that are lettered. As long as you know what X and X are and Y and Y are, you should be fine. Well, I mean, that I, I, and I saw I saw you uh, when you first got those that it was D, DIY and, and you were having the students put them together, right? I think you let some students, did you let some students take some 3D printers home during the pandemic and they, they actually put it together at home and, and, and built some things? That's my, my biggest feather in my cap, I think. Um, we had ordered about, well, we went one-to-one -one with printers. We were going to have like Gorilla Racks, 33 printers. One student would have one printer. They'd build it. They'd manage it for the whole school year. And then COVID happened. So the director of ACES, um, I'll give her a shout out, but he said, worth a price, no relation. Um, she, uh, she's like, they're just going to sit there in the warehouse. And I say, I got this idea. And every time I would tell her that, she's like, well, how much is it going to cost? But I'm like, you already spent the money. I go, what if we have the kids pick up the kids? Because my fifth graders a couple years back followed me into sixth grade. That's why right now I'm sixth grade. Um, I'm like, let's have them pick them up and I'll teach them virtually. She goes, can you do that? I'm like, sure. I have never done it. I was like, if if I fail, I fail. I'm, you know, But I'll learn. I know I'll figure out from them how to do it. And it did. It took about six hours. That's a long time. But these are kids that had never used hand tools. They're like, what's an L wrench? I'm like, that thing looks like an L. Oh, that's why it's called an L wrench. But what's a wrench? I'm like, I'm teaching to go on, you know, going on right here. Let's let's do this. And that kind of helped me too, because then um, KCI Cross Center for Innovation up near San Francisco, they wanted to keep their makerspace uh, program going. And they were like, you know, we want to do the same thing. We saw that you did that with, with these kids. Can you do it with adults? I'm like, Sure. I mean, if I did it with, you know, 11 year olds, these adults should be able to do it. And it worked beautifully. And yeah, I had about 15 kids. They had 3D printers at home. The majority of them that did not take them home, maybe two students were like, mm, I don't want to. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to force you. Most of them, because, you know, we live in an area of, you know, it's, there's a lot of poverty in this area, you know, it, 
socially, I mean, it's not so um, economically, it's it's kind of low. So you do have a lot of families living together, and you have two or three families in one home. So there's not a lot of space, and it's it's not that big. It's that one in the corner. The footprint's very small, but it's some were like, you know what? I have you know little nieces and nephews that are gonna be here, or I have a younger child. You know, can they put their hand in there and hurt themselves? Yeah, you know. Um, so the ones that c couldn't, that was why, because they couldn't, not because they didn't want to. And some kids were very disappointed, but it's it's just, you know, that's all we could do for them. And then those printers came back, they work. And then my sixth grade partner, uh, he's in his third year teaching. He has four of them right now, and he's fallen in love with it. And he's like, all right, I got these ideas. Once I get better at using the printer, you know, I'm going to implement them. Um, I've thrown ideas at him, you know, for, for different things. I guess we'll talk about that later, like ideas for them. But um, yeah, we, we, we had kids can build them. So if, a, if an 11 year old can build it, teachers, don't be afraid. You can do it. It'll take you about 45 minutes. You might put it wrong and then we're supposed to slide back and forth. It'll start going up and down. Don't worry. Just, okay, these wires are mixed up. It's not going to catch on fire. I think that's the biggest like fear. Like, is this going to explode? Like, no, it's just going to act weird and start making like a weird noise, but it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just like putting together a treadmill, right? I mean, if you put the belt on backwards, just undo it and, and fix it there, right? I mean, it, nothing can't be undone. Yeah. Scrum backwards, right? <laughs> now, uh, Tyler, you have a, a, a location at your school called The Swamp. And in The Swamp, you have 3D printers. I think one's going on right now in your background with that camera that's on it. Can you tell us a little bit about the printers that you have uh, and what you looked for in uh, purchasing these printers? Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the swamp. And um, for those listeners that don't know, uh, our mascot's the gator. That's why we threw it on here. So we just started calling this room the swamp. And it's uh, where we do all of our video broadcasting and, um, you know, other things like collaboration and whatnot. And it's really turned itself into an adult makerspace. Uh, we do have a makerspace for our students, um, but this one is kind of the adult one. Although I do bring in kids um, for some GT time, extension time um, in here as well. And Jesus, you were mentioning, you know, having the students build 3D printers. Um, we actually did that earlier this year when we got um, our third and fourth printers. Um, the students actually were able to come down and I just gave them the box. I said, go. And what, they were all kind of, uh, this was the Ender 3 V2. It, it's and, like if you get a, a gym bro, which bench? It's like, yeah. oh, which print? <laughs> Dad, aren't you going to help us? And I had to tell him, like, I'll help you when you're wrong. And, you know, troubleshoot it. And so it, it was fun. You know, they were very worried, you know, like you were mentioning about breaking things and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but we got it together and then came the leveling of, of the printer, um, which that's, you know, we'll get into the troubleshooting and, you know, downfalls of things. And that's probably the, the one pet peeve I have of the Ender 3s. Um, is is that leveling aspect although once you get a process down and know how to do it 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 works really well um but currently you know my story with 3d printing started with um the company that thou shall not be named um but we we started with them and at the time i'm like oh great this is awesome it's all in one we can just you know use the filament and then i started using it and quickly realized, nope, this was a overpriced pile of garbage. Um, it, but 
I say that jokingly, but it's true. But also it gave me an introduction to 3D printing. And from there, I was able to, you know, learn the absolute basics. And then I was able to start researching other printers that are out there. Um, Our school district, and it was funny you mentioned the Dremel 3D printers. Uh, Our school district was like, oh, let's, you know, go out and buy these. And I looked at them like, okay, this one's really cool. It makes really good prints. And then I saw the price tag. I'm like, that's not sustainable. Like, we can't get one of these in every classroom and spend $1,500 to $2,000. And, you know, it's a great printer. I still have it. I'm looking, you know, right right at it. It works flawlessly. Um, but then I started doing more and more research and came on to the, you know, Creality brand and the Ender 3. The Ender 3 being its price point right now, I was just looking, is $189 is, I mean, that's a killer price for a 3D printer and it can be your workhorse printer very, very easily. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It doesn't have, you know, um, all the options, but what's cool with a 3D printer, you can just 3D print the other things that you might need. Um, You know, as far as making a drawer underneath to keep your tools, the um, other random like little cord organizers that you can use for it. And, just the Ender 3, those are the ones I've used from the Creality brand, but you have them in really any any price point you want to look at. You have the Ender 3 starting at 189 all the way to the Ender 3, uh, what is it now, the S, S1 Pro, I think it is, that just came out, which is $500. Um, but even at that $500 range, that's still really affordable compared to, you know, Joe, you mentioned the maker bought one, you know, when those first came out, the Dremels, the, the, whatever brand you're naming, it's, it's still really good. And even the, the Prusa brand, which are kind of the, um, top of the line DIY ones, those are, you know, going in the six, seven, $800 range, but the enders are pretty, um, pretty cost effective, but they are your workhorse right now. I have, uh, four of them here in the swamp, um, along with the Dremel. Across the building, we have another five or or the teacher sends a student down. It's like, Mr. Keefe, look what I made. I'm like, okay, that's really cool. And behind me on the camera, it's it's building a flexi shark. And so I just thought it'd be kind of fun to throw that up on the screen, you know, while we're talking about 3D printing to have a 3D printer going at the same time. Well, and this is all great. I mean, because we're listening, we're, we're, we're listing all the different possibilities of price all the way down to affordable uh, to if you want larger prints, you know, you're going to pay a little bit more. But people have a choice in this matter. And and, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about features um, because, Jesus, you talked about one one of the features that the, uh, the brand you have for your that you sent home to students was perceivably lacking by parents was a, a, a box or a field around it. So people couldn't just reach in and, and burn themselves or knock something over. Right. And so there are some out there, I think like the Dremel that, ha- that are enclosed. Right. Yeah. And then there are those that are completely wide open. Um, and so though that's a feature that I'm talking about, like uh, w- w- would that be a, a plus a minus? Would it be dependent on the price? How much more would that housing cost? That kind of thing. Um, but also one thing that there's a couple things that I really want to hear your opinions on uh, when looking at a 3d printer. One of them is the XYZ movement, 
right? Of 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 the uh, of the printer itself. Uh, so I see Tyler in the background. You have uh, uh, movement on your bed, right? So the bed is actually moving backwards and forwards. Um, and then you also have the extruder arm moving sideways as well. Is the bed moving up and down as well, or is it the extruder moving up and down? Because I want people to know there's options. Um, then there's another option where um, you have the uh, extruder go X and Y, and then the bed just moves up and down following the print or lowering following the print. So there's that one as well. I want to hear your opinions on motion and if, if, it, if it affects uh, performance and if it affects uh, breakage. Like, have you found that, that when one thing moves more, you have more consistent breakage than if the bed moves more or vice versa? I'd love to hear your opinions on that because I know there's a lot of camps that are in, I just want my bed to move up and down and I want my extruder to move X and Y, but, and then opposites. So I, I want to hear from you guys. What are, what are your opinions on that? You want to yeah, go first, so Tyler? Yeah, I'll just uh, explain what um, what's going on behind me on this one. So this is the Ender 3, and the bed is moving just back and forth, whereas the hot end is actually going left and right, and then it moves up. So it's building from the, the bottom up. Um, the Dremel that I have over there, it actually builds with the build plate going from the top down. Um, but they all still build the same direction as far as the actual filament goes. It's just the direction of the bed. Um, I I honestly haven't noticed much of a difference um, between the two. Um, the only the only time where it's became an issue is if the filament is not adhering to the bed plate, and then when it moves, it kind of can create a giant blob of you know mess. Uh, I. It, there's horror stories. Jesus, I'm sure you have some where you've come in and it's just a giant ball. It kind of looks like a, you know, slime off Ghostbusters too. Um, but as far as the enclosure and not, I think that really depends on what environment you're in. If it's a constant temperature and it can hold really well, open or not, it's not a huge deal. Um, how young the kids are around you, that might be an issue. Um, but then also what type of filament you're using, because I know the hotter filaments um, like to have an enclosed area so that they don't cool um, too fast. And Jesus, correct me if I'm wrong on that, because I might have it backwards. Um, but if it's in like a windy, windy spot or a lot of air going by, then it also can mess it up as well. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Um, if you have an Ender 3, you're basically going to stick to PLA. Mm -hmm. um, and really, you know, if you're, you're working with kids and they're learning design and, and the ins and outs of Tinkercad and maybe if you can, you know, go something higher. Um, I mean, Tinkercad because it works with Chromebooks and, you know, a lot of schools, any kind of computer device they have is, is a Chromebook and they might have iPads. But, you know, if you have access to MacBooks or, you know, PCs, you know, or, or laptops, I mean, you can install the programs and, and that'll be something, you know, I guess we will touch upon later. But if you're gonna go into the exotic materials like nylons, uh, flexibles, like you can 3D print shoes, uh, carbon fiber, you want a printer that's enclosed, like the ones that I have down there, um, because that, that material has to have constant heat surrounding it, like you mentioned, Tyler. So if you were to, you know, leave it open, that, like that front door, it could ruin, you know, a specific type of material, especially if the room is cooler, you know, if there's a fan on it, you don't want that. 
Um, and if I just throw a box on that, it doesn't mean that an exotic will work because the hot end has to do something specific. Sometimes you need a specific type of nozzle. Um, what kind of tubing am I using? You know, is the Bowden tube, you know, something different? Is, is it a specialized one and so on? But you can purchase like an Ender 3 and then you can build your own enclosure. I mean, you could just get a box and put it on top of it. Mm -hmm. It looks ugly, you know, but then, hey, kids, let's decorate this box and put something cool related to 3D printing on it. Or here, you guys put your, you know, let's make your 3D, you know, 3D print your names and we'll glue it on there. And this is, you know, the box that the kids made to protect, you know, everybody else or, or whatever. And you could even tell the kids, no, don't be upset. We cover it. We're going to do a surprise reveal later. And you could even record it and make little videos for the school. But if you wanted something like an exotic, you would need to get a different printer because that not, not only is it enclosed, but it has everything else that it needs to run those exotic materials. But then on Amazon, I think you could also get an enclosure for those for about like 60, 70 bucks. They're, they're not too expensive. But I agree with Tyler. It depends. Like I don't have them because I have fifth and sixth graders. And it, first thing I talk about safety, I'm like, if you burn yourself because you're messing around, I have to put them away and lose access to it. And in seven years, never had one broken, never had a kid uh, hurt themselves. Um, somebody was messing around, they threw something in the class and it hit the top or pulled the spool and that, you know, snapped a little. And she was like, she didn't come to school for two days. She was all upset, you know, and I'm like, I'm not mad at you. It's okay, we'll, we'll fix it. I grabbed the part off another one and just basically looked at it and just took care of it, you know, 3D printed a part for it, so. Well, and so, so we talked about the motion um, of, of, of the, um, of the nozzle and of the bed. What is your thoughts on heated beds? Do you, does the Ender have a heated bed? Um, does it not? Um, cause I know I have, again, I have the, uh, the replicator two plus, I believe. Mm -hmm. Well, just the replicator plus it does not have a heated bed. Mm. And I have had issues, quite a bit of issues of curling. Um, not, not, not weightlifting curling, but, of you know, when my raft is being, those of you listening, uh, sometimes you want to uh, print a raft that, that helps with the print adhering, uh, to the bed. Um, so sometimes my raft gets printed and the raft, if the raft is too big, if I'm printing something too large, uh, meaning footprint wise, not, not necessarily height wise, but footprint wise, I can see edges start to curl even before my print, actual print begins to go. Um, and so the it starts getting um, uh, it messed up, disoriented, uh, off, yeah. lopsided, um, because I like to print badges. Uh, whenever I go to a conference, I'll print a specific badge for that conference. I'll go, I'll get the logo, I'll turn the logo into an SVG, I'll bring the SVG into Tinkercad. We'll talk about all that stuff, how, how we can do that. But I would print the badges. But if I'm printing the badge uh, and making it too big, the bottom will start curling up yeah. and it will, it'll just not look right. And I have not found a way to fix it. I have not. Uh, even, even though when I go into my MakerBot educator kind of room, uh, they're like, well, I don't know. But, but it's not heated, right? I think a heated bed would fix that. I think it's cooling too quickly causing it to curl up from the bed. I just couldn't figure out a way to fix it. It could be that the balancing is lopsided. Um, I'm, I'm sure Tyler is going to be like, yep. Even on the Ender 3, you know, you go and you you balance it and one side might be off just by a hair and it's printing. And then like 10 minutes into the print, one side lifts. And you're like, and you just have to adjust that one corner and then you go put the same print and it's beautiful. 
So that might be the problem, Joe. The other thing is, yeah, you want adhesion. That's the most important thing to mm -hmm. think. I don't care if you have, you know, Ultimaker. That's my, I love those. They're amazing. But, you know, and the Prusas too. But if, if you don't get that adhesion right the first time, it doesn't matter what else you got on there. What, you know, I bought, you know, $100 roll of filament, you know, something super exotic and just crazy colors. If that first layer, first couple layers don't stick, you give it like 10 minutes and then you're going to have a glob right there. That's it's it. going to lift and eventually the printer's going to, you know, the, the nozzle's going to run into it and just start dragging it and pulling it. Well, and it's now, funny you mentioned yeah. the first layer thing really quick. Um, I don't know if you guys are on Reddit at all, but in uh, the 3D printing subreddit, like <laughs> every day there are pictures of first layer porn. And that's just what they call it because it's just a perfect just print. And you're like, okay, you know it's going to be good. And then there's the other side where it just shows absolute disasters and yeah if it doesn't work right there at the beginning the whole rest of your print could be shoddier than all get out like shout out to tyler because he's printing with no raft so he's got that thing squared away perfectly you know and a lot of people that start they use rafts but sometimes due to the material or how balanced the bed actually is when you go to remove that thing either it peels off like a sticker like shoom, real easy or like and you have like yep. little bits of pieces stuck to it and it kind of ruins the print. Yep. But what kind of material is your is your bed, Joe? Is it like like a like a tape that's kind of like grippy? No, the, the bed is just like a really smooth plastic. Like really smooth plastic. Have you so used have, uh, uh, painter's tape? You know, I I was gonna use painter's tape. It's just it it just didn't and seem glue, yeah. yeah, it just didn't seem like it. It needed you it, want, but want, I might, I might go ahead and try it. Oh, I, I, I think I did try that. Um, I, I know I use that a lot on my XYZ <laughs> printer. Yeah. Some people swear by the purple. It's got to be purple. The other ones don't work. You well, know. you know, on my XYZ one time, the adhesion was so good that after the print was done and I tried to take off the thing, it broke, it broke yeah. the, the bed, the glass on the yeah, bed kind of ripped up with it. Right, so you got to really make sure that it didn't adhere too well <laughs> to, yeah. to that bed when doing that. And, and so there's different beds. Um, Tyler, you have glass, right? Is that what you're printing on? Yeah, glass. Yeah, like Paul Gordon, he's not here with us. You know, shout out to him. He's a, a big time 3D printer too. He makes fun of me because my my glass that I have on my my S5, it's a little too slick. So it won't, I have to put a little glue, but he has glass on one of his prints. Like, oh dude, I, I don't need any glue. I got it perfectly. I'm like, yeah, cause you have, what do you mean different glass? He's like, isn't glass glass? I'm like, it's not, it's not the same thing. But uh, I have this, hold on, let me grab it real quick. It's a cool little feature. You might want to get this Tyler. I mean, if you like it, it's, um, they're like 10 bucks on Amazon and it's flexible. Oh, yeah. You put a magnet on there. It has 3M on the back, just peel it off, boom. And so when you take it off the print, the kids just peel it off like a sticker. Yeah, the, the Dremel has a flexible plate like that. And then uh, when I got one of these printers that came with one of those, um, the Creality brand, I didn't actually use it because I like using the glass for what, um, what I do, but I gave it to one of our fourth grade teachers and um, for her printer and she's been using it a ton and it's awesome because she'll just walk it down to me on the thing and she's too afraid to, you know, 
to peel it. And so she has me do it. So that way she can blame me if it breaks. Um, but it's nice cause it just, just peels right off. And then here you go, go print another one. There's no cleanup, you know, hardly any, any cleanup, but yeah. And, and it's funny because, um, one of the kids got the printer up and running, watched the video and like surprise, wanted to surprise me the next day. They're like, Oh, I got it running. Even though I finished building it, you know, I looked online and I figured out how to print. But then I messed, I messed up my bed. Why? They're like, I gouged like a hole in it. Like, why are you using that? Well, how am I supposed to get up? I'm like, yeah, even though it's plastic, I go, you give it a couple of bends and it pops off. And he just was like, like that. I'm like, don't worry. That's how we learn in 3D printing. You have to mess stuff up. Because for me, one time I took like this whole part off of a monoprice. It has like a little tower where all the gears and everything are all the stepper motors. You know what it was? It's the little brass 50 cent coupler where the tubing was because the tubing kept popping up. I'm like, is it pushing too hard? And I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, don't tell me it's that thing. And I pushed it in and I gave it a little tug and it popped up. I'm like, I did all this three hours of tearing it apart for 50 cents, but that's how we learned. Well, so it's, it's, it's at least true. It's only 50 cents to fix, right? That's, that's, the, that's the win right there. 50 cents. Oh yeah. And you know, Jesus, you and I were going back and forth about, you know, an issue I was having with my printer and it's funny. I, I changed the hot end. I changed the, the nozzle. I changed the Bowden tube. I changed the extruder motor. I changed everything I possibly could still having issues. And then I changed the filament and it worked just fine. Oh, that, that and, stringing. Yeah, it was the stringing. And I, once I changed the filament, it worked and it's like, are you flipping kidding me? And I didn't even think about it because that first roll was a brand new roll. And then once I switched it, it was just something in the properties of that roll of filament where it just kept causing issues. And, and I've, I've bought like like a, the same brands. And there's one brand that I've used before that like every 10th roll, it's like for some reason, either the, the packaging in, it was in wasn't as sealed as I thought. So it showed up and it just sat there and it dried out. And then now it's brittle and I'm, now that's why it's doing that. Yep. But yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, I did everything. You're like, wait, <laughs> is it the filament? And you're, you know, or hey, wait, is it, is it not turned on? Did I forget to do this? And it's like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so many intricacies in, in that, right? And it does take a little bit of trial and error and, and, and let's see what's going on to figure out that exact problem. That's not to scare teachers away. Teachers keep printing. It's awesome. Yeah, no. And one thing I wanted to mention before I forget about it is, is it, it's a great tool for students to see teachers and then other students fail with and how they deal with failing and, and work through and keep pushing and pushing until they get it. Um, you know, with, with the issue, you know, I was just mentioning there, Jesus. I mean, I was spending two, three days as I was doing other things, you know, working on that. And my, my son would come in every day, dad, you get it fixed yet? I go, don't ask. And so then finally, after the 30th Benchy, uh, Benchy, for those of you that don't know, it's like a little, a uh, little boat that you print to do a test on, on your printer, make sure everything's working. And then finally I got the, got it working just right. I handed it to him. He goes, Oh, thank God. <laughs> You know, he was like, now I don't have to hear about this. And, and, you know, 3d printing is a lot like, um, any other kind of engineering thing. There's, you can have people that are really good at it right away and they don't need help, 
but there's a huge 3D printing community out there, a community of teachers out there, you know, to help each other. Um, one one shout out I want to give, if you'd ever watch it, no, no clue, but it's uh, a guy named Chep. And, you know, look him up on YouTube, 3D Chep, C-H-E-P. And that's who I've learned a lot of just random little nuances from. And, you know, I'm never going to meet him in person, but it's, you know, it's awesome that there's all these creators out there to show these simple little tips that um, are going to help you. And, you know, Jesus, I'm not on the Tic Tac or anything, but I might have to get on there just to follow and, and see what, what you're making on there. Yeah, there's some cool stuff on there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I think that's a great segue into how are you using these 3D printers with your students? Lesson-wise, creator-wise, um, um, you know, incentive-wise. Uh, I'll tell you, one of my favorite things when I was able to have 3D printer lessons, I, well, I, first off, I'll say, Jesus, I ran into the issue that you talked about at the very beginning, and that is I only had one 3D printer, and I had 30 kids in my class. And I could not promise every kid that their design was going to get 3D printed. I'm not going to, it was just going to be impossible, right? And even though you can put multiple prints on the same plate, um, if there's one issue though, they all go up in flames, right? So it, it, you have that issue. But what I used to do is I would have my students design a logo. I go, I want you to think of your life. I want you to think of yourself. If you were a company, what is your logo? What would you bring into this? Make a logo of yourself. And the students were, well, how do you want us to do the logo? I said, you can draw the logo. You can go and Google draw and you can make the logo. You can make it in anywhere that you want, but you have to come up with the logo. And so they would, they come up with the logo. Some would draw it. Some would create it in, in, uh, in Google draw or, or Canva or what have you. Um, and then what they had to do is they would pitch their logo to the class on Flipgrid, um, almost like a shark tank. This is my logo. This is why. And, and the students had to vote which logos deserve to be 3D printed. And you're thinking, well, how do you 3D print somebody who drew on a piece of paper? Well, what we did was we just created a stencil, a stencil print, basically. Yeah. And so we had the students take a picture or I helped them take a really good high quality picture of their, uh, their drawing or uh, they just downloaded their uh their uh, design as a PNG from uh, Google's uh, Google Draw. Then we uploaded it to a website called PNG SVG. So it's basically a PNG to an SVG, and it turns it into a stencil. Um, and then we would download the stencil and then upload the stencil to Tinkercad, uh, where they can then add various things to it, uh, raise it up off the ground, that kind of stuff. And we were able to turn that into a 3D printer print. And what I did for the kids is it would be a really thin print, but we made that into a 3D sticker for their laptops. And they were able to have two colors. Uh, and we would keep the raft on this one. The raft was important because the raft actually created the backing of the sticker. And so we would print it. They got two, they picked two different colors. Most people chose a solid like red, blue, or black for the raft. And then we would change the, the, uh, uh, the filament uh, once the print started happening. And then you'd have white or a different color to get that two-tone. And then we would put uh, sticky tape on the back and 
put it on their laptops and they were able to have a 3D sticker. The other students who didn't get the print, um, I had a couple crickets in my classroom. Uh, that's the vinyl cutters. And we would then let the kids vinyl cut their stickers as a stencil. And then they would put those on there. And those printed much faster than the 3D printer. So every kid was able to take their creation and turn it into something they got to put on their personal device that they were carrying around school so that they can show everybody what they made. For me, that's a huge win when the kids get to take what they make. Not just get to you know build something and it has to be left in the classroom or what have you. They get to take it and and show it off. So I would always do that with my kids that design contest and it was great. It was a great introduction to Tinkercad. Great introduction to being able to convert images into different formats uh, and then being able to uh, thicken, uh, raise or shorten on Tinkercad so they can see that they're, they're they they can decide the height of the print and the kids loved it. Right? The kids loved it. And so that was one of the lessons I would do to introduce them to 3D printing. Um, and I just loved it because, of, you know, every year was different. And then and every design was different. And that's what I loved about it. But I'd love to hear from you two. What are some lessons that you do uh, to get the students to create and then print their creations? I mean, the the, the first thing I do the, the first day of school, well, I have a giant fidget spinner that you can't spin by yourself. You got to have So for them to come in. I hold it and I tell them, you have to spin this and then you can go in the classroom. I don't even say my name to them. I'm just like, oh, hi, I'm your teacher. Okay, so to come in, I have this thing. You're going to spin it. It's a giant fidget spinner. I'm going to show you how we make these. And they're already like, what? Because they're all nervous, you know? And then if it's a guy teacher, for some reason, they're always nervous too. I don't know what, what that is. They're, they're like, oh, I thought you were going to be mean. And I'm like, yeah, that'll come <laughs> later, but not the first day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I do is I get the roster early, as early as possible, and I make nameplates. And I'll find, like, I'll put Tyler logo or Tyler tattoo design and grab that image. And you know, it can be an old English. It could be like balloon letters. Um, if it's not cool enough, I'll go to like a font generator and, and create it. And basically throw into this other program that'll turn it into like a 3D image. You know, it, it's, you know, sticking out like, like, uh, like an embossed item. And uh, I'd go, oh, you know, go into the class. You'll find your name on your desk. So I know they're waiting for, you know, it's like a card with my ID number or like a sticker with my name just slapped on there. And you just start hearing kids go, hey, what's, what is this? Like, hey, what, what, wait, what color is yours? What? They're already just talking, talking, talking. And that's how I welcome them to the class. And I have the printers running and they just start talking like, and then they see me like come in and we get quiet. Like, oh, you know, it's the first day of school. And I'm like, you guys can talk. What question you guys have? And they don't want to ask questions because they're so nervous that first day, but I want them to feel comfortable. That's one of the first things that I do. That's how I introduce the D printing to them. But I have a couple other lessons, but um, Tyler, you want to you share one and then we'll, we can kind of go back and forth if you want. Yeah, yeah. So basically we just use Tinkercad um, as a way to teach the, you know, the, the 3D design, the, you know, that kind of stuff to see spatial, um, spatial topics, especially math with volume, 
Um, it's a, it's an easy, easy introduction there. Um, but then also we're using it in different ways after, you know, that we, we like to get the kids to get creative and, you know, we could go that whole, you know, steam route and throw the art in there, uh, for STEM. Um, but in reality, we, we feel that that's all part of just the engineering process anyway. And we get kids that just want to start learning those computational things, the math, the math things with it and build build what they want to build but also within what they're doing um the the one story that i always go back to and it's something that i have yet to be able to replicate yet and i don't even know if i want to replicate it is we had a, a student err and extended resource and um she was very afraid of me, had a lot of trauma in the past from, you know, guys out there. And so rightfully so she's going to be afraid. And I mean, I'm a big dude. So I get the same thing about this guy's going to be so mean, you know, all that. And so we were designing a colony on Mars and we, you know, had the students, they had to, you know, do all the research behind it. And then every time at this certain time, she would just come and stand in the doorway. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, you can come in. She's like, no, no, no. And so then we finally started to our Tinkercad spot and started designing them ourselves. And she took another step in and another step in like every day. It was like, she got further until she finally got over to her iPad and then very timidly asked Mr. Keefe, can you help me? I'm like, sure. And I, you know, showed her the basics in a quick way. Not, not the way I would with the other kids. Cause they had, you know, plenty of time. She was very limited on her time. And long story short, she printed out her habitat for Mars or designed it and then printed it out. And then the the following week we had our STEM showcase and where we had a full big model of, you know, diorama of Mars and people could put all their habitats on it and stuff. And right in the middle, I made sure to put hers right where, you know, it was kind of showcased. And when her dad comes up and, you know, was kind of like, okay, I'm just going through the motions. And she pointed, she goes, that I did that one. And the dad looks at her and goes, how the hell did you do that? And just kind of like in a like half mad, but half surprised, half proud, like kind of a way. And this kid for the first time all year, like lit up like a light and was so happy to share off what she made. And he still didn't believe that she made this. And so I had to go get her iPad and show him her design and then, you know, show him the 3D printers, like all that stuff. And the he walked away like holy crap like my kids got you know issues but she can still be successful in this future world that we're in and it, it was a surreal moment but it gives the kids a virtual into tangible and some kids that you never thought can be super successful with this medium yeah and it, it's there's a lot of tools out there that will bring these kids into the classroom, build their confidence up, and then they're good at everything else. They're not just good at the school game, which we talked about before, like, okay, you want me to write this? Here you go. You want me to fill out this worksheet? Here you go. You know, study and memorize these words? Okay. But then you give them something as open-ended as you did, where we're going we'll, you know, to create this item. How would you do it? And sometimes I'm sure you've had students ask you, Tyler, like, what do you want teacher mm -hmm. no I want you to do what you do but like this I, it, it reminds me of a student that i had a few years back that the mom came in was like oh this is he was student of the year two years in a row i'm sure he's gonna be your best student i'm like okay i'm gonna tell you right now 
my class is different, I told her. I expect a lot of critical thinking and a lot of independent thinking. Like, he has to be able to think for himself. And he couldn't. He could do, and he would tell me, where's the worksheets? I'm like, I don't do worksheets. I don't do homework. Well, how do I earn a grade? By making things. That's what we do in this class. And the first week, I gave him Play-Doh. Here you go. Start thinking of 3D design with Play-Doh, I tell him. Because you're going to use those machines. When? Uh, probably by Friday. What? They're thinking December. I'm like, no, I'm thinking Friday by lunchtime. You know, no, we're not, why are we waiting? You know, we'll, we'll go over expectations and, you know, norms, sure, but uh, be ready to start printing. You know, no, we, they're, they're not there to collect us. And they're very open-ended questions, but very easy ones at first. I'm like, first day it's like, hey, make me your favorite food. And some kids that have special needs that are in my class, you know, or they're on the spectrum, you know, I'm like, okay, I hope it's not too much of them. They're the ones that like gravitate toward it because it's a voice that they can speak with, mm-hmm. not the other one where they have to write and follow these, you know, other rules that are maybe too rigid for them. And they'll make like a bowl of spaghetti, individual strands of spaghetti and a little fork. I'm like, look at this. And he would be like, well, what's your favorite food? I'm like, no, it's about you. And Friday is the real, like, like the humdinger kind of questions. Like, okay, make something that represents who you are as a person. And the kids are thinking, and some are like, oh, I, I love soccer. Can I make more than one item? Sure. And the kids are like, you didn't say we could make more than one. I'm like, you didn't ask. You got to ask the right questions. And he's there, this kid, you know, the student of the year. And I'm not picking on him. It just goes to show you that these kids need to have these kinds of opportunities. He's like, so do you want to make like a soccer ball? I'm like, do you like soccer? Well, do you like soccer, teacher? I'm like, yeah, but it's not about me. Um, like, uh, like an astronaut. I go, do you want to go to space? No. So why? I go, just, who are you? I'm like, who are you? And representing this little ball of Play-Doh. Started crying. He broke down. He couldn't, he, it was too much for him. By the end of the year, yeah, he did a little better, but it was just, the whole year was difficult for him. So I, I really like that story you shared. And, and I want to share something similar. Um, I, I, I like to scale from, you know, they make bookmarks, they make little trinkets. You know, some things are just, you know, objects that mean something. Others have like a job. They, it scales up to where they make an assistive tool. So I give them three case studies, four case studies off YouTube. Um, one is someone with Parkinson's. One is radial nerve damage where their hand is, you know, paralyzed in a certain position. And then the, the challenge one is usually autism or ADHD. Like what can you create that will benefit someone on the spectrum? And I say the challenge one because we might be able to, because as educators, we have training, we have a background and experience with students that have these, these needs, but a child might be like, well, how do I help engage them? What do you mean engage? Like, so that's the challenge one. But one of the videos, it's a, it's a woman that her hand is paralyzed like this. And the student had this design up and it was just like a cap with a square, like plug, you know, like, like drilled out and I'm like, can you explain it to me? Yeah, yeah. He goes, can I get a piece of cardboard? I go, yeah. And he got a piece of cardboard and he goes, give me like a couple minutes. And so he fashioned his prototype, his physical prototype out of cardboard. And I go, so I had it and I'm like, what is this? Put it on your thumb. And I put it on my thumb. He goes, no, make your hand like hers. I go, yeah. And he goes, okay, put it on there. Okay. And it's, I'm going to be honest. I have a toothbrush in the classroom because I, I don't want my breath stink after lunch. <laughs> so he goes, where's your toothbrush? Because they've seen it and they make fun of me about it. And I put it on, I go, oh, Wow. He goes, yeah, so she can brush her teeth. I go, but why is that important? Like, I'm I'm, I'm an ag dumb here. I'm like, oh, why is that important? 
Well, so she can do it on her own. Why does that matter? Teacher, do you think she wants people brushing her teeth for her? She's a grown-up. I wanted to cry. Right now, I want to cry. I'm like, oh, look at this kid. Like, thinking of something simple, you know, you say elegant design. It was just very, like, perfect. It was perfect. And, but what was more powerful was just the thought behind it, like, and I would tell them, put yourself in their situation. Why is it important to do those things? What do we take for granted? He goes, I brush my teeth every day. He goes, and I don't think about it. He goes, and the other day, he goes, I had my hand like this. He goes, and I was trying to get the toothbrush in. And you told me, he goes, that I told them she can't open it. They can't force something in because it could hurt her. And he's like, I was like, what could I do? He's like, well, I'll tape it to me. He goes, I taped it to my thumb. And he goes, and that's when I realized, oh, well, what if I make it like this? That's what I want them doing at home. I don't want them filling out a worksheet. I want them to go home and go to sleep, not stressing about it, but thinking like, how do I help this person? What can I design? And so that's my favorite project. Plus one more. There's one more I'll share in a bit. But Tyler, if you got another one, go for it. But that, that's that's my like my pinnacle one. Like that's my go-to at the end of the year. Like that's what I want them to to achieve high levels at. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that the the assistive technology you know, that kind of stuff, it, it's huge. And I've seen, you know, other people design, you know, certain things for like an Xbox controller where you can play a full game with one hand. And you're not mentioning the the assistive controller that Xbox um, has itself, but just, you know, something that somebody else made. And it makes me think of, you know, my my son and, you know, what he, he has, he is type one diabetic. And so, you know, he's got an insulin pump, he's got a Dexcom, a, a CGM monitor um, to give us his blood sugar. And, you know, he's got all of his insulin supplies, like all this stuff. And early on when he got it, so he, he was diagnosed at three, he's now eight going on 18. Um, but <laughs> he he's sitting there and he's getting really frustrated because of all the different things that he has to basically carry around in a bag or keep, you know, in, in the bedroom, you know, just for late night snacks and, you know, things. And so with his help, I was able to design a few different things, a, a holder that can have batteries um, for his, his insulin pump. And, um, but within that, it also can hold his vial of insulin could also hold his, um, his poker is what we call it. Um, the needle to get the blood, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like in this nice little enclosed case. And it, it's amazing how the community out there, like just the type one diabetic parent community, how they will see something that somebody has. And this is, this is the part of 3d printing. I don't think, you know, we are going to mention, but just it popped in my brain is somebody will take a design that's so simple. That was meant to, you know, be free and you know out to help people and then they'll start selling this on etsy as their own yeah. and making money off it and it's just like dude like that's not at all what this was and i i don't feel bad for doing this in the comments i will post a link to the thingiverse of that file and say hey go to your local library go see if your school has it here's the file go print it yourself don't pay someone 20 bucks for a print that'll take 30 minutes to print out and you know, everybody's like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's, it's kind of my, uh, my Robin hood ness of hey. things. Um, but you know, the, the last thing is I'm excited to see where, where this is going to go. Like, are we going to get to the point of like on star Trek where you have the replicator 
but instead it's a 3d printer where it just pops out, you know, something super quick. Um, we've already, you know, we've seen videos of full-size houses being built with concrete out of a, essentially a 3d printer. Like I'm super excited and interested for, you know, what's, what's next. And that's just, you know, that's the nerd in me, but it's still, it's still really, really cool stuff. And we're at the forefront of it. It's just, it's this big right now because I think it's, in, it's a, it, I want to say Stanford has it. If not, um, I know for sure there's also a school, I think on the East Coast, but there, there's a university out here on the West Coast. I'm, I'm saying Stanford, hopefully I'm correct. Um, what they're doing is it's almost, it, it might be resin or, or a specialized resin, it's liquid. And then they have, I think on two or three different sides of it and that cylinder, they have like these lights aimed at it with the image and it's the thinking man and it flashes it with the image a minute later you have the whole thing perfect and right now it's this big because that's what they've got it down to but you know once they have a breakthrough it's like well how big do you want it oh we need a wall you know with this kind of like whole design and it's going to be you know for like this art show okay give us a give us 20 minutes well 10 minutes to make and then 10 minutes to take it to you that's like, like it's gonna take longer to deliver it to you than actually make the item, and and that's crazy. And then I know uh, MIT has one. It's like goop, and it's a pin that dips in. You know, draw. It, it's like you got your finger and drew the design, and then it pulls it out, and it's it's already ready, in seconds. And it's crazy because I mean you have all these breakthroughs, um, and then when you mention you know the, the whole Etsy thing, yeah, I've seen that before. It's it's terrible because really. You know, this this little guy, you know, when I tell teachers, oh, 3D printers, they're, they're under 200 bucks. Oh, okay, so the material, right? That's where they get you. I'm like, no, it's about 15, 20 bucks. Well, it must go quickly. I'm like, I could print 500 of these with one roll, you know, if I wanted to. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, bookmarks, give me a, I can give you a thousand of them, you know, literally, not mm-hmm. figuratively. It's like, yeah, it, it just, it, it can go a long ways. And it's super inexpensive. It's, you know, it can take a while, you know, for something to print, but, you know, that's, you know, we talked about the solution for that earlier, but, um, you know, the, the other project that I do with the kids, it's kind of related to the shark you have back there. So the shark that he's printing, it's, it's going to move around, it's articulated, it's flexible, um, because it has, you know, these joints that are, that are hooked together, but it prints it on there, you remove it off of there and it's already assembled. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best things I've seen from 3D printing. It's amazing. So what I'll do is I'll pick one, like a flexi or a fidget spinner, something that's like that. Like it's printed in place. You pop it off and it's ready to use. And I give it to the kids. I each give them one and I tell them, all right, retro engineer this and Tinkercad for me. Whoever does it, I'll print, you know, a 72 hour print for you. Three days, something huge. Or, you know, you have a bank of time and you are at the top of the list like you get everything you want right now what do you want three 24 hours you know name it and some of the kids were like well you know they weren't feeling it and some of the kids are like okay when are we gonna do this i'm like okay well this is you know towards the end of the school year and every year i have somebody figure it out because they sit there and they're looking at the model and then they go into tinkercad i've had kids cheat because they don't know that if they share the design with me in tinkercad i can go and say all right uh undo everything. Let me see what are the parts you use. And his didn't. And I'm like, so you brought this in from Thingiverse, didn't you? No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I said, because 
okay, I go, let's put yours on the screen. And he didn't want to. And he was going to talk to you outside. I'm like, okay, he's going to, yeah, I did, I cheated. I'm like, why did you cheat? I'm like, I can tell, not because I'm an expert, just I have enough experience that I know one step I have to do is go have everything, not disassemble, but ungroup. And I'll see everything that he sliced up, everything he added and removed. And I'm like, I told you guys, and I even told them, don't, because I, all I have to do is basically click one button. I'll know whether you're cheating or not. And he still did it, but that's just a different story. So, but yeah, that's one of my other favorite ones to do. No, it's always, it's always fun being able to look at history on computers in general, right? To, to uh, kind of backtrack what has happened. Uh, so it's good to know that you can still do that in 3D printing as well. You know, we're over an hour here on this episode, but so before we close out, what I would like to do is to just mention some of the websites. Um, we've, we've mentioned a couple already, you know, Thingiverse, uh, Tinkercad, but what are some of the websites or uh, printing applications that are your go-to in your classrooms? Um, are there are there um, applications that you can use that it does a, a fake print, right? It'll go through and, and test the printout uh, digitally and tell you if there's any fail points, to tell you if something's too far off to the side and the print will fail and fall if you don't have, uh, you know, those braces added into it. Now, what are some of your favorite things to go to in the 3D printing world? So, Jesus, I want to start with you. What are some of your go-to websites, applications, or tools to use in your classroom for 3D printing? Tinkercad. Love it. Um, it's free. Works on any device, even cell phones. Um, plus, if you're interested in circuitry like Arduinos, it has that there. Um, they have a new feature. It's about a year old, I think. Uh, block coding. So, you use you know, block programming and it'll, based on what you tell it to do, it'll create that model. And it's very cool, especially you have students that love coding also. Um, to find models that already exist, Thingiverse, that's my go-to place. Um, it's free. Everything on there is, you know, easy to grab. Most people will say on there, you know, do I need support material or not? Sometimes, you know, I'll look at it and go, is this really going to work? And then I'll use my slicer. Um, Slicers, I use Simplify 3D, but it's not free. It's 75 bucks per license, and I think you have to buy two at least. That's like 150 bucks. But I bought it like eight years ago. I still use it. I love it. Um, but if you're using Chromebooks, I would say use AstroPrint. It has a profile for a lot of the 3D printers that we've mentioned, especially like the Ender 3s in there. If you have access to a MacBook or a laptop or a desktop PC, I would say use uh, Prusa Slicer. Very, very good. I have my partners using it in sixth grade. Um, has a lot of different, you know, settings. You can go draft quality to like this ultra high quality that he's like, he goes, I want to try it, man. But something that takes three hours on a regular is like nine hours. I'm like, just go for it. You want to see the difference? Is it worth it? I go do it so you can know if it's worth to use or not. Um, if you're looking to buy 3D printers, um, yes, I'm going to plug them. I work with them quite often. Matter Hackers, Joe, you've dealt with them before, I think, right? Uh, Tyler, I don't know if you've ever purchased anything through them. Great customer service. They know what they're talking about. They have their own software called Matter Control, and that's what I use to convert images to 3D, uh, like, representations. Um, and, I mean, if if you don't want to use Tinker, if you want to go higher, I mean, you can go Blender. That's for animation also, but those, those designs that you make in Blender can go ahead and be brought out and turned into, you know, 3D print. Oh, well, last one, uh, Sculpt Gel. It's basically like a digital ball of clay. You carve it, shape it how you want, and you can pull it out and 3D print it. 
Oh, wait, there's one more. Um, if you have access to VR headsets, uh, Sculptor VR is on Oculus Quest and uh, the Vive. You could literally start designing like a skull and you can teleport yourself to like where the eye is and do like fine like carving and, and sculpting. And then that can be pulled out in 3D printed. Wait, no, yeah, that's everything. <laughs> those more. are awesome. So, and Jesus, make sure you, uh, when we're done here, just send me an email with all those links so we can add them in to the show notes um, yeah. for, for all of our listeners as well. All right, now, uh, Tyler, what about you? What are your some of your favorite applications and websites for 3D printing? Um, yes, everything Jesus said. Um, some of those I had, had never heard about, like uh, Matter Hackers. So I was actually just looking that up. Um, but I just I use Ender or Creality. Um, their their stuff, the Ender Three Series. You know, mentioned uh, software wise, Tinkercad for creation. Um, and then I use uh, uh, Ultimaker Cura C U R A. Their slicer software free. Um, I'm going to check out the Prusa slicer. I know, Jesus, you've mentioned that to me a couple of times. Um, I just keep forgetting to, to check that out. Um, and then there are a couple other things. There are a couple hacks you can do, like with, uh, on as odd as it sounds, Keynote, um, the presentation software by Apple. You can make a design on there and convert that to a PNG, which then you can convert to an SVG, which then can get 3D printed. Um, you know, I know that's a long, <laughs> long line of way to do something, um, but it's doable. And then there's just a few other little nuances. Thingiverse is probably hands down the best, the best place to get designs. Um, and then um, the other thing that I mentioned earlier, Reddit is a great spot to find uh, ideas and um, a great spot to ask questions and get um, get help with those. So those are kind of kind of what I use in a nutshell. Um, and then the one one thing I want to mention here, Joe and Jesus, if you've heard anything on this, the the new upcoming Anchor Make, uh, Joe, you mentioned you said you put posted this in the channel. It's supposedly supposed to cut print times by up to seventy percent. Have you heard anything on this one, Jesus, yet? Uh, I've heard of it. I saw that they're going to have a multi-material uh, component that you can, I don't know if it comes with it or if it's extra, uh, meaning like um, there's the Mosaic palette and Prusa has theirs, which you can run multiple materials, so different colors, or like there's a support material that you put in hot water and it dissolves, so you don't have to break it away. Um, so that anchor one, I mean, Everything. I mean, and I'm, I haven't tried it, but it's like it can take you to the moon if you want. Like it can do everything. So I want to see it, and I want to try it. I don't know how I'm gonna get my hands on one. I'm gonna wait. But if reliable sources, like you know, like the channel you mentioned, I you know, I I, I check out Uncle Jesse on YouTube. Um, there's a 3D print nerd, Maker's Muse. He's out there in Australia. Um, they all if they say it i'm like okay it's it's a good printer and they're not afraid to say hey they sent this to me they've sponsored me before this is garbage or there's issues is it broken maybe they'll send me another and they've sent them a second one and sometimes it's okay it was busted the first time or nope they both don't work um if it does what it says i want it because if it can print you know a high quality six hour print in you know an hour and a half two hours uh, what's the problem there? I don't see a problem with that. Agreed. Yeah, it says, uh, so it's on Kickstarter right now, right? Um, and they were looking for $50,000 in backing. 
they're now at eight point one million dollars already pre-backed. Um, and the 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 first two hundred backers were able to get this printer, which is manufacturing for. Uh, $760, $760. Uh, they were able to get it for $429, the first 200 backers. Uh, then the next 2,000 backers were able to get it for $499. Uh, then the next 2,000, $599. Uh, and now right now, the lowest you can back it is $629, so about 100 bucks off. Um, so a lot of people are, are looking at it going, well, you're going to give me 70% uh, decreased uh, cut time with a smooth detail of 0.1 millimeters um, and a camera mounted on there and a multi-device hub and multicolor materials. I mean, people are like, I want to see this to believe it. And they want to, they want to test it out for this price. So I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, when I think of Anchor, I think of their battery packs. I don't think of a, a 3D printer, but um, you know, right now I, I like to say that, you know, 3D printing, in its infancy, you know, just the PLA and 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 the the really slow print times. It's it was like uh, computers with punch cards, right? And we're moving forward to faster and different types of 3D printing. Hey, it's just like you were talking about the different universities coming up with light 3D printing with the materials being solidified via ultraviolet light, that kind of stuff. I mean. We're advancing into it's not just going to be an XYZ axis moving around with uh, with plastics. It's going to be a lot of different things. Um, and so I'm really excited. Uh, all the different tools that you talked about are really important to go take a look at. We're definitely going to have those links in the chat for you. Um, and um, I would just like to point out that turning images into P uh, from uh, turning images into an SVG can really amplify creativity in the classroom. Like uh, again, I used to always create 3d badges for my conferences. So when I was with CDW, I was able to print out a 3d badge just like this. And all I did was take their logo and turn it into an SVG and boom, it was able to be printed. Same thing with the Twitter logo and my, my thing. And I was able to get a, a strat, because I was an edge strategist, a strat out of California that I made 3D printing. And again, it's just the raft that is the background. And I kept the raft. Uh, and then the 3D print was just right here. And the white that you see is just the black part removed. And then this black part that you see is just the black part printed and the white is the raft, yeah. right? Uh, and then I know, Jesus, I don't know. I know you don't really care much about this organization, but I do, Avid. Whenever I went to my AVID conferences, I was able to print my AVID badge and then my my AVID digital teaching badge, right? But I did that all off Tinkercad and I used a simple little website called PixSVG, any picture to an SVG. And there's like six different types of SVGs you can pick from, a thicker line, a, a cleaner line, and you pick the one that works best. So, um, I, and I, I did the same thing, Sons of Technology logo, I did that all off of Pix SVG, and I printed this as well as a sticker, uh, 3D sticker for my uh, one of my laptops in the past. So a lot of cool ways that you can use these things. They're not incredibly expensive anymore. Definitely, definitely, definitely encourage you to check it out, especially when you have uh, printers like Ender 3 that cost about 180, and then the PL the 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 printer um, uh, the PLN 
sorry, PLA is, is only about 20 bucks. Now you get that off Amazon. Uh, I mean, go off and try it, right? Uh, just don't go off and uh, download things off Thingiverse and sell them on Etsy, right? Or Tyler would come and, and get and you. And one more thing, uh, I, when I've done conferences or, or given like PD on 3D printing, one of my first questions, who has a 3D printer at their school site? And people raise their hand again, it's here. Uh, how many of you still have them in the box? And a lot of people go, you know, I'm just afraid to take it out. Never. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Tyler, you're just going you know, to say the same thing as me. I mean, if these people have questions, shoot over a message somehow, get a hold of someone to say, hey, you know what? I have this printer. Do you know anything about it? What should I do? First thing is, of course, take it out of the box and just plug it in. Then now it's not out of sight, out of mind. Like it's there. You're like, okay, I have to like deal with it. It's there. I don't have an excuse anymore. And yeah, just make those mistakes. It's okay. You're, you're gonna, you'll get the hang of it. it. Took It took me months to get the hang of it. And I, that was eight years ago when there wasn't a lot of people to ask. So it was hard. Yeah. So just, dip, you know, dip your foot in the water, dip your foot in the water, give it a try, just try it. And uh, you have Tyler's Twitter there. You have my Twitter there. Jesus gave you the Twitter at the beginning, but we'll also put their, all their Twitters in the show notes. Reach out to any of us. Definitely Jesus and Tyler. Ask them questions. Pick their brains. We have all the links. We'll be putting those into the show description. Um, and as always, you know, the Sons of Technology, the EdTech Army is here to help. Uh, we are an organization of educators all across the United States and beyond um, who have various expertise and a lot of different technologies. So if there's anything you ever, ever need just you know reach out to us at sons of tech edu uh or uh just mention hashtag edtech army we follow that hashtag we can definitely answer any questions from you but definitely reach out because we are here to collaborate and be there for you so we can celebrate all the amazing things you do in your classroom i want to thank jesus for joining us today i want to thank tyler for joining us today and i want to thank all of you listening on your favorite podcasting app wherever your pods are casted if you're watching this on youtube thank you so much for watching us as well and we cannot wait to bring you another fantastic episode of the podcast by the sons of technology until we meet again um, have yourselves a wonderful wonderful month and I know for many of you, this is your last month until uh, school is out. So celebrate the amazing um, uh, opportunities you've given to your students this year and celebrate the amazing learning you're going to do this summer to make next year even better. Have yourselves a wonderful day.